Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So folks, I want to share my heart with you this morning. I don't have a long message prepared. I don't have a preach prepared. But I want to kind of take stock of where we're at not just as a family, but as the church of Christ, what's been going on, what's happening in the world. So much stuff has been happening over the past six and a half, seven months. So much turmoil, so much up and down, so, so, so much division, so many lives lost, so much separation. And today we come together again, and it's a wonderful thing to be together. But let me rather start here and look at some of the things that lockdown has taught us. Because, yes, it's been a rough time, but we've learned some things along the way, haven't we? The first thing that lockdown has taught us is that you certainly can attend a formal meeting in your pajamas. Perfectly accessible. For those who are a little bit, you know, at least half, at least half your pajamas. You know, party in the... T- I have to confess, I have, been, I have preached to you more than once in shorts. It was great. It might happen again. We've also learned that we're actually really highly adaptable. Even though we don't always like change, even though we find it difficult sometimes, every one of us has had to adapt. Some of you this morning are saying, I don't like this. I don't like this. No, nobody does. We don't do this for fun. But we adapt. And we've, we've gotten on with it. And we've made the best of a tricky and a difficult situation. On a a deeper note, we've learned that church is not the building. We've learned that church is not this place. It's not what we do here on a Sunday, but that church, the essence of church, lives within every single one of us. While most of us have been blessed to be able to still connect on a weekly basis, receive the word, even have interaction and fellowship, we're learning that, and I think it's a really good lesson, that church is not in this. It's not in the meeting. That being church is not going to church. Being a church is something way more than that, and it's something far deeper than that, and it's something far more experiential than just a physical building, or at least it ought to be. We've also learned, or lockdown has revealed to us, just how dependent our intimacy with God is on ministry meetings. I think for some of us, and I want to include myself in this, the absence of meetings, the absence of having to come together or being able to come together, being able to worship together, and you carry on with your normal life and you realize in your routine, you realize, hang on a second, without these normal things, I need to be far more deliberate about the time I spend with God worshiping, the time I spend with God preparing and studying, because these kind of gatherings are great. I'm fed, I'm blessed in preparing for them, I'm fed and blessed in enjoying them together, I'm fed and blessed when everybody shares and and, and being together in that presence of worship. And so without that, I realized that the onus for my spiritual walk and my own spiritual growth is not upon the pastor or the meetings or the programs. It's entirely upon me. There's a common sentiment among some of the pastors I've been speaking to throughout the last few weeks that, you know, church will never be the same again. And the common sentiment is, hallelujah, church is never going to be the same again. Because we've been shaken out of our comfort zones. We've been, you know, shaken out of what is normal, the routine. 
And like I said, we, we're looking at things through very different eyes in a very different way. Some of us, I looked at Luke this morning from a very different perspective. How many inches has that boy grown over the last six months? My goodness. So everything looks new, everything feels fresh and a little bit strange. And we realize that our old idea of religiosity and the things we did, naturally did, don't equal intimacy with God. And that meetings don't equal maturity. Just because I go to church three times a week or I attend a Bible study, it does not mean that, that maturity is developing. And we kind of know these things. We knew them already before lockdown happened, but it brought to, to, to heart and it brought to life the personal responsibility that each one of us carry for our faith walk, for our intimacy with Jesus, for our worship walk. That worship, if, if all that our worship is is songs on a Sunday morning, then we've known how to sing songs. And I don't discredit the worship we have on a Sunday morning. That's good. That's really good. But there's so much more to worship that I believe we now have an incredible opportunity to discover. You see, while meetings are good, they're not the substance of our faith. So, hooray, the church has left the building. Well, it did about six and a half months ago. We weren't allowed to meet again. We weren't allowed to meet. We weren't allowed to come together. And for me, it would really be a travesty that as we begin services again, that our whole spiritual idea of Christianity becomes centered on spiritual meetings again. Those are good. We're going to have them. I don't want to discredit them. I'm going to say that probably many times this morning. But this, we, we've discovered that the life of Christianity is exercised and lived out first and foremost in my family environment. I've never seen my wife grow spiritually so much as she has over the last six months. She's laughing. But I've seen things happen in my own realm, my own little environment. I've also seen things happening in my neighbors' lives that I'm far more in touch with my physical neighbors around me because I'm, I'm, we've been more in touch with one another. The sense of community is so much stronger. We've been sharing meals, which has been really great. Over the wall. Yeah, have you got any food this Sunday? No, we're having this. You want some? Okay, cool. Over the, give me two plates. We're having poiki. We've got too much. You want some? Plates. And life has been happening a lot more, a lot more like that, and, and through acts of love and acts of kindness. So hooray, the church has left the building. And as I say, that doesn't mean that gatherings are not good, but they are not the purpose of church. The purpose of the church is not to gather together. That's not why we are here. You see, the ecclesia, the called out ones of God, are separated to bring in and to usher in, to catch and to usher in the very kingdom of God. I think we've all done a little bit of soul searching over the last six and a half months. We've all kind of been forced to, to reevaluate, to reevaluate our priorities. What is really important to us? What are we able to do and what did we miss the most? For some of us, <laughs> the cigarettes was a big deal. For others of us, the first time they lifted that alcohol ban, we never saw them putting it in again. It caught us by surprise, that second one, didn't it? Not all of us. Some people stocked up. Boy, did some people stocked up. Bottle stores have to put limits on how much they... I mean, you can only have so much communion, right? <laughs> Our priorities were really tested. Our relationships were re-evaluated. You know, those relationships around us, our relationships with those nearest and dearest to us, were tried. Some of them really been stretched. 
You know what I'm really, really grateful for? And one of the things I'm tremendously thankful for, I remember when we went into the season of lockdown and we were talking, as, you know, we were ministering those first few weeks. I remember Psalm 91 came up so many times and we were mentioning and praying that, that God would cover us and protect us. Folks, God is so faithful and God is so good. Not a single member of our spiritual family has been diagnosed. Praise, and it's come close. It's come really close. I mean, Siobhan's mom tested positive. Praise God, she's well. She's healed. All is good. And there have been other, some, I know some members of your families, your close ones, have, have been diagnosed. And we trust God for healing and grace upon them. But the confession has been that we're going to trust in the Lord's unfailing covering and love. And has He not been faithful? Amen? And we continue to trust and believe. Our routines have been, we, we're reprioritizing our routines. Routines had to change tremendously, especially those who have little children who are now at home and had to be homeschooled. I think that's why my wife has grown spiritually. God, please help me through another day. <laughs> but also we've got to reevaluate how deep our relationship with God really is without all the religious stuff. How, and, and how our, our, that relationship and that love and that Christianity is worked out and expressed in our daily lives in how we live it out. And that's really what I'm wanting to, to bring to light. And I think that we need to focus on that for a little while. Because I think there's new life to find in thinking that way when we break out and we think, and we think outside of the mold or the box that we're so used to. A couple of years ago, a prophetic word was given, and it came out of the book of Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. I'm going to read it to you in a second. But I, I, as I was you know, praying through and preparing for this morning, I was reminded of that. And I thought to myself, wow, Lord, was that preparing us for what we're going through now? You know, sometimes we think, okay, God gives a prophetic word, the manifestation's right around the corner. Sometimes these things take a while to manifest and to, and to show up. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Do not remember the former things. <laughs> Those were a long time ago. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. There's a new thing that God is doing. There's a new move and a new wave of the Spirit that's already bubbling and brewing. I mean, even this last, few, this last month, many of you were a part of it. We joined in with the Church of the Nations um, Day of Prayer. We joined in with that return, which is a worldwide prayer event calling the church to repentance, calling the church to turn back to the heart of what Christianity is really all about, to Jesus, to the Messiah. And all of this has happened in the midst of COVID. Now, this new thing is not necessarily COVID-19. It's not, God didn't cause COVID. That's not what he means when he said this new thing. He's not the author of that. But in the midst of COVID and in the midst of everything that's been going on, God is awakening his church. These things I've been talking about, they're an awakening, they're a brewing within us. These questions, these, these wrestlings, these longings, these uncertainties, these frustrations, all have a way, and if we process them correctly, of allowing God to sift our hearts, to try our motives, and for us to reprioritize and set things in the right place. Because there is a new thing that God is doing. And the status quo, what we knew, the old, yes, hallelujah, it is changing. Parts of it will stay the same. Our meetings, I pray that it won't be long before we can hug one another again and, and greet one another with that holy hug. You see, even post-COVID, I'm not comfortable with that holy kiss. 
better than an elbow is a hug, but you get what I'm saying. There's, there's change happening. This change, any change that happens within the church globally, happens not because something big happens on a, on a, on a group and then filters down to the people. That's never how God works. Change in the body of Christ happens because one, two, three, catch the heart of God and they pray into that and they change and they in infect others. <laughs> it's a contagious thing. That's how the kingdom works. It's like leaven. And those who catch the fire spread the fire. Those who catch what God is doing, those who begin to work with it and walk with it and cooperate it with it, by the very nature of how the kingdom works, that love from which it is authored and birthed flows out and other people catch it. In the midst of what's going on, God's awakening His church to true intimacy, to true identity, to true unity and community, and to true ministry. When I say ministry, what do I mean? I mean works of service, good works. The Bible has a lot to say about good works, and Paul prays that so many times in just about every one of his epistles, he prays that, you're, that you would abound in good works, doing good. Not as a formal, the church organization is doing good, because we're doing that, by the way. Uh, I didn't announce it this morning. The food drive is happening. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of that, you can contribute towards the Compassionate Fund. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about each one of us finding works of service with the gifts, the talents, the grace that God has given us, whether that's an encouragement, whether that's provision, whether that's blessing. I believe a really key scripture in this time is Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 3. And it says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. When God says arise, what does he mean? It means wake up. He means get up. Activate yourself. Arise means I have to get off the couch. Uh, you know, sometimes Helen says, Michael, come, it's supper time. In my house, the supper doesn't come to me. Actually, I lie. Sometimes the supper comes to me. Let's be honest. Sometimes, the, But there are other times where I have to arise and go. Arise and do. I cannot do what I'm doing or what needs to be done where I am. And this is what God is saying now. It's time to arise. There's wonderful blessing to flow. There's wonderful work to be done. There's wonderful love to be shared, but it's not going to happen here sitting in your building, and it's not going to be happening just sitting in your, in your comfort zone in our houses and in our homes. There's an arising that's happening in the spirit realm that is lifting the people of God through new realizations and new reaching out to discover new life in Christ. He goes on to say, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people. Isn't that the state we're in, folks? What does he mean by darkness? Darkness means not understanding, a lack of understanding, a lack of revelation. If we look at what's going on in our country, if we look at what's going on in the countries of the world, if we look at what's going on in relation to COVID, so much uncertainty, so much fear, so much pessimism. How are things going to turn out? Folks, if you watch the news for long enough, it infects you too. Have you had moments of hopelessness, moments of fear, moments of doubt over these last few months? I have, and then I realize, oh, I've been listening to the long, wrong voice for too long. I need to bring myself back. This is the spirit which is covering the world, but verse 3 says that as we shine, the Lord will arise over you, sorry, that's still verse 2, and His glory, His glory will be seen 
upon you. You see, as we arise and as we shine, what does shine mean? It's just do who you are. Be who you are. Jesus inside of you. The world will look and they will see. And then it says Gentiles, in other words, unbelievers, will come to the brightness, to your light, and kings, people of influence, to the brightness of your rising. Lockdown has forced us to challenge our status quo. We realize very practically that our Christianity is about far more than our meetings, our songs, our offerings. You see, there's many things we, we took for granted along the way. There's many things we just kind of went with because that's how things are. But when they're taken away from us, we, we, we feel the weight of the loss. We feel the weight of, of what we miss. But I think that we're learning. We're learning that there is, a, there is life in God which is rich, which is vibrant, which is expressive as we live that out, not only corporately in this kind of setting, but in our fellowships, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our universities, whether that be online or whether that be corporately together with people. In the midst of everything we see around us, the compass of our heart needs to remain fixed in the right place. And in the midst of all the fear and of the frustration, the uncertainty, because uncertain times are not finished. Fearful times are not finished within this world. We're not subject to them, but they're all around us. I want to remind you of a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Three things will last forever. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. No matter what's going on around us, three things, these three will last forever, ever. Faith, hope, and love. Your faith, your deep hope that you have in Jesus for a brighter tomorrow and for His presence with you and upon you, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. You see, the light that Isaiah spoke about in Isaiah 60 is the light of the revelation of God's love. That's what the light is. What is the light? Any light that you and I have over us is a revelation of a piece or a part of God's nature, of who He is, of His power, or what He is like. He is the light that, has been, that is in our hearts, and the heart that is captured by the love of God is a heart that will shine. It's a heart that will be light in darkness. There are some people, when they walk into a room, they light up the place. There's some people, when you're around them, they bring strength to you just by their presence, just by their being there. There's certain pe people who, by their presence, know, you know, this is not going to be okay in, in this environment. Or this is what you're going to get. Those are people of light who bring with them and carry with them the fear of the Lord and the love of God. The mercy and the grace of God. That is the heart that beats with God's Father's heart. That is the heart that has captured God's love. Not just for itself, but has captured God's heart of love for those around Him. In other words, when I've captured the heart of God for you, I look at you with the love of God. If you're hurting, I hurt because I love you. That causes compassion to rise up within me. It causes me to reach out. It causes me to, to go beyond myself and my comfort 
because I love you. I don't want you to suffer. I don't want you to be hurting. And I have the answer. The final scripture I want to read to you this morning comes out of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 19. I'm starting to become very fearful of quoting from the book of Matthew because of all of you guys who are doing Bible studies. How far are you along in Matthew now? Where are you? Matthew 15. After how long? I realize that when I quote the scripture, I'm never going to be going deep enough, am I? But I praise God is life and light. And Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16 says this. You are the light of the world. Maybe you've never thought of yourself that way. In your mask, muffled, you know, muffled, muffly say to yourself, I am the light of the world. We thought Jesus was the light of the world. Yes, he is. But he lives in you. And Jesus, looking to the disciples, looking at them, says to them, you are the light of the world. That's why I want you to arise. That's why I want you to shine. You are my light. You are my love. You are my beacon of hope in the darkness, in the confusion, in the fear. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under the basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and that they may glorify your Father in heaven. What a beautiful scripture. An understanding, a part of the understanding of this light analogy and the city on the hill is this. There was always a light burning in the temple. It represented the kingdom of God. But also, common practice is in, in the homes. That if somebody was outside, if they were in the fields, if they were still shepherding or whatever the case, and it was getting dark, they would light a candle in the home. Not just to produce light, or the light's a lamp not in the home, not just to produce light for, for everything that was going on inside the home, but to produce a light as a beacon, as a point of reference, so that whoever was returning in the dark knew where they were going. It was a sign or a call home. This is home. And that is the light that you and I are. That is the light that every one of us carry within us. It is a beacon that says to the world, you're running around fearful, you don't know what's going on around you. That's okay. Come home to the Father. Because in Him there is safety. Come home to the love of Jesus and receive deliverance from every fear you may have. Sure, our meetings are going to look a little bit different for a while. Sure, the way we, we go about doing fellowship and, and, and teaching and all these other things is going to be different for a little while. But you know what remains? Our faith remains. And it can, there's no reason it can't be strong. Our hope in Jesus remains. And our love, not just for Him, but through Him for those around us, has a chance and an opportunity to blossom now like probably never before. Isn't that exciting? That's encouraging. And it should be. There are those around us who've lost loved ones. There are those around us who are isolated and are feeling very alone. Those around us who need a good meal because you can't give them a good hug, hug them with your food. There are those around us who are needing hope in a desperate and a dark situation. I want to say to you this morning, folks, be encouraged. We are 
the light of God in their situation. You are the light of God in their situation. Don't put your light under a bushel. Share what God has done for you. Share the peace that God has settled in your heart. Share the grace and the, the provision that God has given to you. As you receive, give it away. But my encouragement to you this morning is, is really this. I want to just talk around this issue. I, I don't want to go too deep into the semantics of, of you know, the church and where the church worldwide is going. There's so much, so much happening. Not all of it good. Some of it really good. But there is a season, a prophetic season that we are in, not entering into, are in, of repentance, a season of turning our hearts to the Lord. In fact, the beginning of this year, remember, do you remember the, the, the series we did? Season of beautiful repentance. And the reason repentance is beautiful is because it brings us out of our status quo, out of that what we know, out of that which is so common and usual to us, into the love and into the fullness of Jesus, the fullness of God. I close with this. I said it a few weeks ago. Love for God will lead us into a monastery. The love of God within us will lead us to our neighbors. And the greatest way for us to experience the love of God for ourselves, who knows, is by giving it away. I want to encourage you in that today. When you leave here today and as you go about your week, keep your eyes open, keep your heart open and sensitive to God, saying, God, what avenues are you giving me to share your love this week? To go and be an encouragement to somebody. Maybe somebody just needs to be invited to church. Maybe somebody needs a word of encouragement. Maybe somebody just needs to be acknowledged, to be noticed. Maybe somebody needs to be listened to. But as we come together from this week on, our times here, I pray, are going to be times of rich joy and celebration, not in only what God has done, but rich times of joy and celebration in what God is doing in us and amongst us, in our midst and wherever it is that we go. We come with hearts that are full of praise because we are seeing the love and the kingdom of God at work in and through our lives every day. That's my prayer, that we grow in this understanding and in this life. Amen? We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.